I've made a lot of progress in the last couple of days. <clears throat> um, I've actually uh, started up a, a Twitch feed. So, I, um, years ago, when I was, uh, I was back in 2007, 2006, 2007, um, I had a friend that, um, I'd worked over at Intel for, off and on for a number of years. So, all the way from, what was it, 1997 off and on to about 2004. And the funny thing is, my first gig with uh, with the NSA was actually going to um, going back to Intel as a contractor and everything. Really kind of messed up and everything. It was kind of funny. But anyways, um, one of the things that uh, that I ended up um, ended up happening was in 2004, I couldn't take the gig with uh, with Intel. I was actually offered a uh, full-time job, and my friend at the same time simultaneously was offered a full-time job with them as well. I had brought him in as a, as a contractor, and uh, Bill Stokes, he ended up taking the job and everything, um, not knowing I kind of like threw the dice a little bit and made sure that he got the job by fucking up the interview and also making it very clear that uh, I couldn't take the job so anyways that's water under the bridge I suppose Bill doesn't talk to me any longer anyways about five years after all that Bill ends up uh, getting let go Intel was constantly going through resizing, downsizing, all these left-sizing, right-sizing, you name it. And it's like every six months, and I actually felt kind of sorry for the guy, you know, being put into that kind of situation and everything. He wanted it, and me, I wasn't, you know, I had had enough of Intel by then, and uh, I wasn't able to do something like that to begin with. But I, um, I got a, a weird call from a friend of mine, Ron, years later. It was probably 2007, 2008, may have been even later. And uh, he told me about this wonderful thing called peer programming, where somebody literally sits behind you, watches everything that you do, you know, from a coding perspective, and... That's more or less uh, for six to eight weeks. That's l what they do is they, they'll they ask you questions and you're supposed to, you know, in a sense, just act like they're not there, you know, um, unless they have questions, of course, and everything. And I myself, it's just like, <laughs> I just, I didn't like the thought. I didn't like the idea, you know, um, whether or not I was a person that was being observed or I was the person that was, you know, doing the observing, it just felt, I don't know, it, it didn't feel, didn't feel like it was productive, um, I don't know, so, in any case, um, and he offered the gig to me, and uh, then again, that 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 happened again in about 2010. And I told him at that point I'd think about it. You know, um, I still had until 2011 to uh, to get out of the NSA and everything, so I had another year. But I just didn't know if I wanted to go back to Intel, let alone have somebody peering over my shoulder and watching everything I do from a work perspective and everything. So, in any case, um. Here it is, 2018, and uh, 
the one thing I can say I miss without hesitation is the stimulus and stimulation of having other programmers uh, to be able to bounce things off of. So, um, Stanley, he's a wonderful guy and everything, but uh, he's he's into his machine learning stuff, and I'm into you know three-dimensional graphics and modding and Grand Theft Auto and you know trying to figure out how behavior and behavioral systems and that kind of stuff and more or less reverse engineering the code and everything and you know while he's you know good with what he does he's off in his own universe with the uh, python coding and um yeah i mean you know some things that uh, i myself i've dabbled in and i can't say i fully um i'm fully understanding of it but I get the gist of it, and I, I'm sure he probably gets the gist of what I'm doing. You know, it's just, uh, I'm just not as interested in what he's doing and everything. So, in any case, he's really the only resource that I have from a programming perspective. So, I've been really kind of like, you know, I mean, looking on Google and Bing, and every time I go to look something up, it's just... Ugh, it's it's really difficult to find some some of the answers to some of the things. There's certainly there's communities out there, you know, for Grand Theft Auto modding and that kind of stuff. But really, there's always seems to be like a one size fits all equation to to doing things. And in a general sense, um, it, it's almost like there's no flexibility with approaches and consideration of alternative ways to do things not only that but there's a very structured it's just a very structured path that i myself is just like ah, I've, I've tried that and you know that's not working for what i'm doing i need a different way and i need different ideas and that's the problem is usually i'm used to being in an environment you know within a corporate world and everything where i can bounce ideas off of people and everything and i don't have that anymore so i miss it i do miss it and um you know, that's where, you know, to some degree, Stanley working with what he does and everything, he has all that. Well, it's, it's cool. You know, I mean, I'm at the point where I'm realizing I've got to be flexible on my feet and everything and coming up with different ideas and, you know, trying different things out. So right now, um, I just got done yesterday or day before yesterday, uh, the hologram working. So right above the retro theater, there's a spinning, uh, a spinning, what is it, uh, triangle that uh, it activates based on the proximity. So if you get close to it, it uh, turns on. And I've set, I've, what I've done is I've created a set of objects within uh, C Sharp and everything that makes it so where I can recreate these animations very quickly and very easily based on the location that I'm at and everything. And the whole idea is uh, really taking a look at uh, Back to the Future 2, um, looking at some of the activations that they have in there. Like, I've got a sequence here. It's Back to the Future 2, 212 movie clip, Hill Valley, 2015, 1999, 1989 HD. Um, I will share this on, the, on my blog, and uh, it's, somebody's already posted it with YouTube. And within this uh, clip, there's two what I consider floating holograms. 
Um, one of them is is the Jaws 19, created, directed by, get this, Max Spielberg. And uh, I have no doubt this is a nod from Robert Zemeckis to Steven Spielberg for his newborn son at that point. He was only three years old at that point. And, um, yeah, it's Jaws 19. And what it has is it has a, a shark that jumps off the top of the more or less the overhang for the entrance to the theater and uh, it jumps and it's, it's see-through it's it's kind of transparent about 60 percent transparent and um what it i just noticed it actually has a slight refraction that's interesting wouldn't expect that um weird The shark itself is actually refracting some of the light that goes through it. It's like it actually is a, it's not a fully transparent hologram, it's actually made of particles. Huh, interesting. So in any case, this thing... Weird. Um, sorry, I just didn't expect to see that. That's kind of weird. I'm looking through the hologram itself, and as it emerges, uh, it actually, the back, the top of the building, then there's another ledge for the midpoint of the building, and then there's another part for the arm of the shark, or for the right fin of the shark and the left fin, where it's displaced based on the location and it displaces the background and it does it in a non-uniform way. It's really kind of weird. It's almost like the, uh, the there's particles there. Wouldn't expect that. Um, it just calls to question how these things are made. How this movie was made. So, in any case, um, it's really bizarre. Uh, so, anyways, um, then Marty McFly, he turns around immediately after the shark tries to bite him. And what happens is, he turns around, then there's a, uh, kind of like a floating TV screen featuring one of the guys that, uh, is talking directly to Marty McFly. I'm watching it right now. It's brief, very brief. But uh, there's, there's those two elements. So what I like the idea of is providing a a more or less convergence of information, you know, from a hologram and everything, to, uh, to certain points and places and that kind of stuff, and, uh, and making it so where it spontaneously appears when the player is within range of the object. So again, I'm creating a futuristic version of the same world of GTA 5. It's 
you accelerate the world timeline by maybe 10 to 15, maybe 20 years, you know, and uh, this is what you get, you know, as a world that is still kind of the same, you know, but instead of being violent, it has gone completely the opposite direction, and now it's highly sexual, and, and not only that, but you also have some really cool gimmicks and that kind of stuff and everything, and part of what I'm doing for the gimmicks is converging some of the Hollywood themes, and also in addition to that, I'm creating some technology inside the game that you otherwise wouldn't see in, in my real world, at least right now. So, in any case, um, the the hologram that I got working above the retro theater is just a simple triangle, and it's a triangle that rotates in 360 degrees, and it's uh, just rotating like a top, and it just keeps spinning. Well, here's a cool little trick to it. You get within 10 meters of it, is the distance I've got set now, and it'll appear if you back away and get more than 10 meters away, it'll disappear. It'll, it'll stop stop playing it. Well, why this is important is um, these things actually take up resources, you know, CPU and, and GPU, graphics processing unit resources. Now, if I'm close to it, then there's absolutely no reason for this animation to play. Or, I'm sorry, there's at that point the animation triggers. But if I'm not close to it, there's no reason for this animation to trigger. You know, it, it's the whole whole thing is you as a player, you know, when you get within proximity of something, that's when you see it. You know, um, now when you're too far away, not only are you not going to see it, but you also don't, um, you don't want to consume valuable CPU and GPU resources in order to render that because nobody else is around. I mean, you're the only one that can see it. Does that make sense? You know, so the whole thing is, why render something when somebody else isn't uh, isn't there to see it, or when you when you're not there to see it? You know, so that's, and it, this is based on GTA being a single player game, a single player perspective, and when you walk around, the world gets rendered around you. You know, on dynamically. And when you're out of distance of something, it doesn't show. You know, so the memories uh, cached, the memory that had been cached before, basically the cache gets released. Um, things that are animated, that are drawing and that kind of stuff, no longer draw. So the whole thing is when you're within a close proximity of something, you know, particularly an animation that, that takes up every cycle a something to to render it and everything when you're not around well you know why consume resources for it <laughs> plain and simple you don't you want to save those resources because those resources are finite right so anyways um i've come up with a scheme that just basically makes it where um a i First off, I, I make the determination, is this enabled or is it not? You know, because there's going to be some cases where I might create an animation and it's there for debug purposes. Or maybe I create an animation and, you know, maybe it's something that only renders if you've got the thing on high resolution, you know. Um, it's it, based on your your resolution that you're playing and everything. Um, it's It's only something... You know, so and this is something that might be toggleable by an INI file. It might be, you know, something that, uh, you know, that 
I don't know. You know, I mean, who knows? All I know is, so the first check is, you know, is, is this enabled? You know, if it's not enabled, I don't waste any more processing power on this, this animated object. All I do is I do a Boolean check. Is it enabled? So after that, if I see that it is enabled, at that point, I check the player's distance from this. Well, if the distance is in range, it's a simple mathematical calculation. If the distance is within range, at that point, go through the modeling sequence. If it's not, ignore it altogether. Just, it really is that simple. Construct the model if you're close enough. Don't construct the model if you're not close enough. How cool is that? So, anyways, I'm thinking this could be quite cool for creating much bigger parts of the city. You know, that, uh, that may not be accessible to the player. So, in a, for instance, is, um, what was it, um, if you've seen the movie, uh, what is it? Oh, what the hell's the name of it? Total Recall, the redo. Um, one of the cool things for Total Recall, uh, the second, the redo with uh, Colin Farrell, is in London, up above London, there's this huge futuristic portion of this area. Um, that uh, that basically, you know, it's it's not accessible, you know, to the people that are actually on the ground and everything, you know, and that's actually what I'm thinking is, maybe I can build portions of the city up through dynamically created models without ever having to touch any of the original uh, any of the original models themselves. I'm just basically building building around things. So I can build up and keep on building up and give the illusion that this has actually been built up dramatically when in fact it's not. You see what I'm saying? So in a good for instance is let's say, you know, there's and this is the whole the whole trick to all this is making sure that I do this to, generally speaking, otherwise inaccessible areas. So, here's where the illusion gets fucked. If I can climb a building that is a model of only being two meters tall, or let's say it's, it's ten meters tall, and I myself, I climb a building, and all of a sudden discover, boom, I can now climb this, you know, this building is, let's say I've created a model on top of this that extends that and goes a hundred meters tall. Well, at that point, you know, um, if you can't climb, you're not going to know the difference. All you're going to do is just see this massive building and everything and not know, you know, that this thing was actually... You know, ever anything other than that tall building. 
So, anyways, that's what I'm going to be doing, is making these things, you know, these, and that's actually the first goal here, was just to basically make it so where I can do this. But here's one of the big, big problems, big limitations I have so far. Um, I'm limited to what appears to be three methods so far. I have no doubt I'm going to be able to figure out a way around this. But there's three drawing, three primary drawing methods in order to make, to make alterations within the world without actually having to make... And when I say this, um, let's be clear. Inside, uh, inside Grand Theft Auto, uh, they have a database, an RPF file, and a, a system in itself that is leveraged by GTA in order to say, hey, you know, um, at this location, here's a static model. That model is, is more or less a three-dimensional, like, CAD CAM type of model, something that's created in either an, an AutoCAD uh, simulation uh, model, modeler, or um, 3DS, 3DS Max. Um, there's various, various different th ways that you can create models within these world or within within this. Now these models have been imported into uh, Grand Theft Auto, and then on top of that, you have a texture that's applied to the walls, um, to the ceilings, to the roofs, to you know, to the entire structure and everything. You also have a collision map that's also tied to these models. You know, so basically makes it so as a player, if I try to run into the wall without that collision map, I'll go right through it. With that collision map, that prevents me from going into that wall. You know, so I I bounce off of it. When I run a car, it, the car bounces off of it. So. <coughs> That's what happens with this altogether. So, you know, so that those those three objects. So you've got the texture, the model, and the collision map are the three what I consider critical things that actually define every object within the system and everything. Now I can actually extend this and more or less focus on areas and things, you know, so let's say I want a floating hologram, something that's basically a, nothing more than a projected TV in space or something like that, like they have in, uh, in Back to the Future. Well, let's say I, I have a moving billboard or something like that, you know, and uh, at that point a, a specific location, let's say a ritzy, trendy, uh, I don't know, nightclub or something like that has a flashing, you know, TV on the uh, on the outside or something like that. Well, boom, they can have it right there. But you know, that would be making it more like Latin America or something like that, which Latin America or China, which would drive drive a person crazy with having too many of those. I'm gonna be a little bit more discreet about the stuff that I do. Creating cool little floating holograms, little devices here and there that aren't intrusive. I'm going to be extending buildings. Um, making it so where, you know, a building can have more futuristic devices that are attached to it, or futuristic things that are attached to it, that make it look like it's something from the future. And uh, I'm really gonna looking, going to take a hard look at Back to the Future 2 again, and looking at some of the sequences, and that way paying attention, and just basically saying, you know what, I... I kind of shunned Back to the Future 2 the first time I saw it, um, for the kind of like the goofy way it presented the future. But now that I've gotten older, I kind of find the value in the goof. You know, I really do. 
mean, just taking a look at the sequence that I just saw right now, it's just like, you know, sure, it wasn't rock-solid perfect when it came down to the visual representation and presentation, but that's fine. It presented an idea. It presented a concept, you know, and conceptually, it was actually pretty spot-on, in my opinion. You know, pretty cool, in my opinion. Eh, I... Sure, it wasn't perfect. You know, I saw one of the cars land, and I'm just like, well... You know, I mean, clearly they timed it to where when that car lands... You know, it uh, comes in, and... You know, the car's clearly some kind of... You know, they do a great job with the cars flying overhead. But then a car, a police car comes in close... And it's hor- it's really badly animated. I mean, it was good for back then. But then they got a car that takes off. And then a car that arrives at the same time. And it's just... They didn't do a good job on the blending of it altogether. But with the car as it rolled up and everything... it It's just basically, it's an outfitted Mustang. You know, something that doesn't look, you know, futuristic at all. You know, so, yes, there's some minor issues that they they ended up creating with this, but with those minor issues, they did some fucking awesome things. Joss 19, the concept of the hologram. It stuck with me. I mean, that's pretty profound, if you ask me. You know, the hologram of the of the jaws coming up and everything. It stuck with me like mad. The whole ho- hoverboard. You know, a board that actually hovers without, you know, without... Above the ground. Without actually being able to touch it. Like a skateboard. Fucking awesome. So, I'm actually... I think I'm more impressed as I'm older. Looking back in, on this... Than I was by, you know, when I was younger. When I was younger, I expected the whole dystopian thing. You know, but now that I've actually seen, you know, the dystopian stuff taken to the nth degree, it's just like, no more. I'd actually like to see a little levity, a little bit more fun, a little bit more, a little bit less drama, and a little bit more, I don't know, cleanliness. <laughs> And there's, that's that's what this future offers. Things are picked up a little bit better. It's just a little bit... I don't know. It's a place that I actually wouldn't mind being. So, in any case... Um, I'm going to post the progress and post a couple videos... Over the next couple, or tomorrow, when I uh, get up, so I'll uh, I'll post a link to the Back to the Future reference, and I'll post a link to the uh, the hologram I've created, and uh, all it is is just a transparent triangle with a green and a black, um, a green and a red side to it that uh, activates based on my proximity to it. And what I'm working on now is uh, I've created separate code files for each of the different animations, I've come up with a standardized way of doing the animations. So, 
that way I could just focus on what the animation is. Now the problem with the animations that I have right now is I'm, I'm currently limited to basically something called vector art, which is more or less drawing XYZ points, tracing a line to another XYZ point, tracing another line to another XYZ point, and, and more or less connecting those dots and that makes a full sequence. And I don't think I'm going to be able to do too much without it actually taking its toll on the CPU, so I'm probably going to be pretty limited with what I can do. Um, I will be testing out and finding out where those thresholds are, and that's probably what I should do first, is to find out what those thresholds are for the animations. But um, in any case, we'll... Uh, uh, that's what I'm going to be working on next is testing out the uh, thresholds and also uh, coming up with a probably some kind of animated full moon logo or something like that and that way I can see um, full moon's the name of the theater and at first I thought about having a Terminator because Terminator movies showing and I thought no you know this is let's just say it's a let's be realistic it's a cheap movie theater um, that's showing nothing more than the classics and uh, while they may have you know they may have a hologram it may just be a static hologram and they, they lack the resources they may lack the resources to be able to change it on a regular basis so let's just come up with a something that can be a full moon logo something that could show off the three-dimensional graphics and uh, either be relevant towards the the end uh, the the target uh, that they're actually proposing to to support which is classic movies or um actually be a be their logo put into a three-dimensional form and animated so one concept i came up with which is actually a little bit of a combination of them both is the death star from star wars and uh it's you know, most people should get the reference, and uh, but the thing for me is, you know, making, let's say somebody doesn't get the reference or something like that, which, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen. You know, I don't know. I think it might be better just come up with a, a cool full moon logo, but doing a line base or vector art based in three-dimensional space, that's... That's a little bit of a... I mean, because all of this is going to be hand-drawn. So imagine taking a point and tracing it across and saying, okay, you know, at this point XYZ, you know, draw to here, draw to here, draw to here. How many different points does it take to draw a moon that actually looks like a moon? And I don't know. So, I'm taking a look at different clip arts and vector arts of uh, moons just to actually get an idea of it. So, anyways, um, again, I'm not going to be late, uh, late tonight, but uh, like I said before, I did put myself on Twitch, and all I'm doing is just basically feeding my stream. Um, and the reason I'm doing this is just uh, if any developers are out there, you know... Uh, it's like the pure programming. Maybe when I get stuck or I have questions, I can lean over and talk into the Twitch panel. For the most part, I'm going to ignore it. You know, I'm just going to keep my music on and, you know, just basically realize I'll probably pick my nose a little bit less or something like that. And, 
you know, or probably take fewer breaks or something like that. But, um, like I take any right now. And, uh, for the most part, just basically, you know, you can look over my shoulder, more or less, to see how I'm doing things when I'm doing research and, you know, looking into something and trying to figure out how something's doing when I start going down the black hole of, you know, following links and that kind of shit. It's like, hey, I did this one too far. Damn it, did it again. But, um, in any case, you know, the question is, uh, you know, how to... For me, Twitch is just there to basically allow me to have that shoulder should anybody actually want to watch what I'm doing. And, uh, I don't have any real target goal other than just make it look futuristic and, you know, make it a completely different, uh, different world. You know, leveraging some of the same elements and sexualizing it and that kind of stuff. So, there's no target. There's target is just, just to bring it into the future. So, in any case, as usual, thank you for listening. Oh, the Twitch one is Q the First Time Lord. That's my uh, Twitch uh, Twitch stream name. If you want to follow me there, and I'm not gonna have it on all the time. Just when I think about it, and you know, particularly when I'm doing code work and everything. So I'm probably not gonna have any gameplay. I know most people use it for gameplay, but eh, I don't care about having people watch me play games. You know, for me, it's just uh, it's a way to exercise and relax and everything. Where coding, I mean, it still it keeps my mind engaged without hesitation. But it's also something I'm realizing where I do lack that corporate environment and the corporate stimulation to be able to ask people questions and find subject matter and minor experts in areas which, in this with what I'm doing, there doesn't seem to be any in any corporation I've ever heard of, even. Even some of the game companies. So, anyways, thank you for listening. Bye.